about to win so big. Tell my hydraulic money. Yeah. Money coming in. Tell me what's the program? 25 days of cushion. Yeah, get with the program. Show they want their way. Get the program. Ladies and gentlemen, another week, another episode, Tales from the Terror Dome. Welcome back. Yesterday was insane on all counts, all fronts. It was a tough one for the Hokies. It was a tough one for the weather people. It was a tough one for everybody. Uh, in order, So in order to break this thing down, I had to bring my guy Pete B from Too Deep on the pod today. I apologize for how rough my voice is. I'm playing hurt. I had lost it twice yesterday, so it is what it is. This is what we're here to do. This is what we're doing. Pete, how you doing? I'm doing well, man. I, hopefully, you don't catch cold after yesterday, dude. Yeah, I mean it was it was crazy. Like at one point, everybody was tweeting about it. We were all like stuffed like in the um concourses mm-hmm. and uh <laughs> jeremy from main street pharmacy was like everybody's gonna get sick so i was like everybody go to main street pharmacy for all your game day sickness <laughs> needs like it was crazy now it was it was absolutely insane because the whole time we tailgated it was like 76 and sunny and it was so nice and i even snapped a picture of a dude who was like wearing like high waiter and like big ass rubber boots. And I was like, Oh, he must think it's monsoon season. And then I had to apologize about two hours <laughs> later. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, dude. Cause it was, that's typical Blacksburg weather for you though, man. It's beautiful one minute and then it's either snowing or having a monsoon the next. Yeah. I had my orange effect poncho in the truck and I was like, I'm not even going to need it. And I went in and it was like, I went to over to Benny's. I got a slice and said, what's up to the Benny's people? I walked back over to my side on the west side this year. And they were like, everybody seek shelter. And we're like, it doesn't even look crazy. Like, what's happening? And then it started, like, raining like crazy. And then it, like, chilled out. So we started the game, like, 15 minutes late. They cut. They did Sandman, but they cut the tunnel entrance. And then, yeah, and then it was just like, it started raining like crazy and then it was like seek shelter again. So everybody could either go to like the field house or they were all in the concourses and shout out Bud Foster. He's a man of the people. He was out there in it with us. He was crammed in the, in the concourse with us, man. And, uh, we were there for probably like 45 minutes and then they were like, play, like game suspended. Everyone exit, like seek shelter, do what you got to do. So we all tried to push our way out. Um, there was a baby in front of me crying, and I was like, you know what? We're getting out of here. I was like, baby crying, and everyone just, like, sort of parted, and we, like, got out. But, uh, yeah, we went to PKs, you know. We watched uh, the JMU beat the thriller over UVA. Well, before then, you got uh, downtown, were they putting people in castle or uh, in the Beamer barn? Like where were they trying to like tell people to go somewhere for the lightning? Yeah. So they were like, um, 
practice facility was open, field house was open, castle was open. And then everybody else was just like, but there was like so many people that I don't know who made it over there, but I made it to like section 14 and I couldn't move anymore because it was just nobody was moving. Everybody was just crammed in oh, in, the, in the concourse. <laughs> of, yeah, dude, it was it was insane. I never felt like I couldn't move like my limbs or anything. I wasn't like crushed, but no, like no, there was no way to part the part the waters on that one. No pun intended. But uh, it was yeah, and you you tweeted out some pictures too on the street of just like you know inches of standing water outside the stadium and everything. Yeah, it was like a whole like James look look the James River was running down Chicken Hill, man. <laughs> <laughs> it was crazy. Like it was it was like I've seen insane weather in Blacksburg, but this one was like the most insane I've ever seen. Somebody put out a tweet that we got three more inches than the heaviest rain game in Blacksburg, like ever or something. It was like 4.4 inches in that, oh my God. that time period. So then so we're then, like, I'm sorry, you went downtown then? Yeah, we went to PKs. Uh, just happened to have like four spots open at the bar. So we sat there and then it was the will, will they, won't they game for a while. Like I closed my tab out like twice. <laughs> yeah. The first time I closed it out because uh, we thought we were going to go. And then it was like, oh, no, decision won't come till 430. And I was like, I'll reopen. And the bartender was like, that's what I thought. I like, so how were you getting the news? Was it just like spreading through the crowd at the bar? Were people like checking Twitter? Like who was the who was the source? D- David Cunningham was the MVP, man. David okay. Cunningham okay. had the tweets. He was letting everybody know. And then oddly enough. I found out through Brett McMurphy on Twitter that the game was going to resume at 6.15. <laughs> nice. Nice. Yeah, that's when – I. it was a couple hours later. I just thought they were going to cancel it. Was Was that the feeling that it was just going to be canceled? For me personally, not to be harsh, the way we played in that first part of the game that we actually played at noon, they would have been doing us a favor if they had mm-hmm. canceled that shit. Mm-hmm. But um, I, I didn't think – like you're looking at the radar and you saw the storms like stacked up. I was like, man, I don't know, dude. And then it just the way like it was just raising hell outside. We were just kind of like we were optimistic because it was a noon game. So we're like, at the very least, we have literally like 10 hours to get this thing in. Um, and then luckily it was able to, you know, chill out and we were able to get it in at, you know, like 620, 625. It's probably when it started, but um, they weren't even checking tickets on the way yeah. back in, dude. They were just like, it, like nobody's coming back. Like, we don't need to see them again. And I was like, well, shoot, I should tweet out at the party in lane. Like, come on down. But What was the crowd like w- when you were sitting in PKs and it's everyone's wet and tired? Were people like, oh, yeah, let's get back to the stadium where they're like, I'm not doing that? I think there was a a good mixture. Okay. Um, there were a lot of people that were like, Hey, we traveled down here, you know, we paid the money, we're going back. Uh there were some people that had that were like local that had went home, showered, changed, got dry, and they were like, Nah, we're just gonna stay here, we're gonna go to Sharkies, we're gonna do whatever. But um, it felt like the actual crowd that came back was pretty comparable to the spring game. So I mean, for pushing it back so many hours. And the weather being so crappy, I thought that it actually ended up being a fairly decent showing crowd-wise. 
Yeah, it looked it looked like the students came back pretty good in the north end zone. And of course, like the upper the uppers were all empty, but like I was glad to see a bunch of people made it back and when we when they had the ball toward the student section end zone, it was loud. Like they were people were making noise. Yeah, the students came back, man. Uh they they filled up the north end zone pretty good. Uh they're actually a lot more Purdue fans than I thought there would be. Really? And they were having fun with it. Like they jumped to Sandman. Like even their players were jumping to Sandman, um, which I didn't like, but I get it. It's fun. But I felt like it was like, oh, they don't respect us, but maybe they were just having fun with it. I guess I see both sides, but they would do their chants. Like when they did the kickoff, they would end it with like, I, you sucks. Like they were just having a good time. That's funny. But I mean, yeah. Do we have to talk about the game now? Yeah, unfortunately, that's that's what we're here to do. It's the worst part of podding. I've always said, you know, is uh, you got to relive losses. Mm-hmm. But uh, there was definitely some negative. Obviously, the biggest one being the L. But I feel like most importantly, when they went down like seventeen nothing, I was like, this is gonna we're about to find out like yeah. what the moxie of this team is. And they didn't fold. They came back. So, I mean, they made it one hell of a entertaining couple hours. So they did. They did. Yeah. And that's I would say that has been a mark of Brent Pry's era. Although the team has not been good in his 13 games as head coach, they don't quit. There's only been like maybe one or two games where it was like, okay, the UNC game. Uh, that wasn't pretty, whatever. But we fight. Like, we tend to fight even if we are not having a good day. Yeah, that's a fact. Um, I know the box score looks really bad, and I know a lot of people weren't able to watch the game after it got moved so far back because I think ESPN2 dropped it and yep. ACC Network Extra picked it up. Mm-hmm. But – there was a moment in time where that Virginia Tech offense was cooking. Uh, like they were able to do a lot of what they wanted to it do. Was, <laughs> it was a wonderful eight minutes. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> whatever it was. Kind of like NC State uh, last year. But yep. I mean, Jalen Lane was just having a day. I felt when he pulled up on that hammy, I was like, shit. Yeah. But the biggest loss of the day to me was Ali Jennings. Man, I don't. I don't know the extent of that, but I know my heart broke for that kid when I saw him writhing on the ground holding his foot because I know, like, that dude really wanted to be here. That man is really trying to go to the league. Uh, He's been in college a while. You know, he's transferred twice. He finally Mm -hmm. found his home. He was loving it. And now I don't know the extent. I hope it's not as serious as it looked. I haven't seen any news on it or heard anything, like, official or concrete, so it won't even begin to put that out there. But, like, yeah, man, I, I really hope it's something he can come back from. Me too, man. And and that's what we saw. The way, just like you said, writhing on the ground, that just looked bad. It looked bad. The role looked bad. And then his reaction, he couldn't hobble off. You know, it was it was bad. So, yeah, I feel awful for him. And say he can't come back well maybe he would get a medical red shirt and be able to play next year but let's root and hope that he can come back but that that was the story of this day other than the fact that we you know we came back we fought back it was the injuries that mounted during this game 
Yeah, I mean, you had uh, Ollie Jennings went down, and then Burgos got – or Keonta Jenkins got banged up, and then Burgos got banged up, but he ended up coming back. And then uh, Daquan Wright got hurt also, and he had a really good day Yeah, uh, offensively. So it was just – I mean, it was mountain, dude. Like, between the injuries and the Bob Schick unnecessary roughness penalty, it kind of crippled us on offense. And uh, you didn't even mention this, but Peoples didn't even play. Like he, he was out before the the whistle even went off. Yeah, that is very true. And I wanted, I'm glad you brought that up because I thought Jalen Jones did a pretty good job filling in that position. Um, he was a little shaky on the run game. Uh, he wouldn't really run in there and fill the hole. But I'm kind of not necessarily surprised because. A first-year safety moving over from wide receiver, I can see how he probably wouldn't be too eager to run up in a hole and crack somebody. Mm-hmm. But uh, hopefully that becomes a thing. I thought Jalen Stroman played great. Stroman um, was awesome. I mean, he had 14 yeah. tackles tied with Kelly Lawson for the most tackles on the team. And one of the reasons for that, unfortunately, was Maccabi was in our defensive backfield a ton. And so Strowman was having to come up a ton and make tackles, but uh, but yeah, he he played a strong game, and without him, I don't know where we would have been. Yeah, uh, Kelly Lawson, man, shout out him. I felt like he was kind of like his coming out game, you know. Like I felt like he arrived a little bit. Yeah, uh, freak well. athlete, man, freak athlete. Glad he glad he's on our on our team. Um, I thought, you know, APR played pretty well. I don't really look – I haven't really – that's just the eye test. I haven't looked at, like, advanced stats or anything on I that. I mean, he had, he had two tackles for loss. One thing about the D-line in this game, and I don't know if you felt this from watching the stands, is that we were getting in their backfield. However, a lot of times, by the time we were in the backfield, the running back or the quarterback was already, like, three steps over the line of scrimmage. It's like we were getting penetration, but we were going past the play. Is that something that you were observing? Yeah, I feel like we uh, overcommitted quite a few times. Mm-hmm. And I feel like that happened a lot versus ODU, too. Um, I feel like it's – I don't know if it's a sign of aggressiveness or what. Yeah. Um, but I feel like they definitely spread themselves out and it allowed the running, the running back to go up the middle. But, um, you know, I guess the positive is they went up 17 early. 17 nothing. We stormed back. We scored. We evened it up. They only scored. It ended up being the deciding score of the game, but they only scored one more time. Mm-hmm. Um, Hudson Card is as advertised, in my opinion. Uh, he was a highly re- recruited kid, highly touted, highly ranked, went to Texas, transferred to Purdue because that stud that just beat Alabama last night yeah. at Alabama is their starting quarterback. And then you have the legacy of all legacy guys as far as, like, football goes. You know, you got Arch Manning coming in. Um, The writing was on the wall for him, and I think he found a good fit. However, all I heard all week was about Deion Burks, Deion Burks, Deion Burks. I don't feel like he was the one that carved us up. Nope. Um, I remember hearing his name, like, once or twice, but they had a couple guys, man. Hudson Card, dude, he's – He's a good player, man. Like, he's not a slouch. He's not a slouch, and he damaged us with his legs. 
just like Grant Wilson did last week. And he threw the ball around well, too. I mean, Max Claire, TJ Sheffield, Yassine, all those guys put together some nice days. But it wasn't full air raid. And that partially that was because our defense, after getting down 17-0, they didn't allow Graham Harrell and Hudson Card to score for about 35 minutes there. And so that was a, an impressive stretch from the defense. It allowed the offense to tie the game. But unfortunately, the offense went away, and sooner than later, the defense couldn't hold up anymore, and Purdue got that that other score. But for what they were doing on offense, trying to spread us out and, and use those weapons, I thought the defense played pretty well, save for a handful of uh, missed tackles. And when I say handful, I mean like 20. That was the biggest problem of the day was the tackling for me. Yeah, that that's a fact. Um, our offense, I thought we were had a couple good drives there where I thought, you know, we're going to get some points. We're going to build a lead here. But then it just didn't happen. Mm-hmm. Um, I know Grant got rocked um, when they called that penalty, and he just wasn't the same since. I mean, he couldn't plan. He couldn't really run, and that was – frustrating to me I felt like if it was that was the case he should have been pulled because I mean nobody's dumb we all know that there's a PR problem with Grant Wells like the fans don't like him because of last year so I don't feel like they did him any favors by keeping him in the game when he couldn't really go even though maybe he thought he could but he was starting to air him out and then it just it was bad uh and let's get the sequence here, right? Because I think when we scored our second touchdown, Grant got hit in the legs right before that, right? Yeah. Yeah, because that was the penalty. It gave us an extra set of downs, and then we scored. Mm-hmm. And then after that second touchdown, it was interception, punt, 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 uh, turnover on downs. And so it you could see right after that touchdown, like it didn't go well for Grant Wells and he couldn't plant. He was sailing every ball, but it's not like he was playing perfectly before that happened, but you're absolutely right. Your, your ankle is screwed up. You clearly can't get away from the rush. You can't plant to throw a decent ball. The coaching staff needed to recognize that about three series earlier than they did. Yeah, because, I mean, Drones came in, he was two for seven, but they were expecting him to throw at that point. And he missed, like, one or two, but for the most part, I thought he saw the field pretty well and he made some plays. And I think if he would have came in earlier, he would have done enough to get us on the board to maybe, you know, win that game or even send it to OT. But I have to say something because last week after ODU game, I put out a tweet that said, y'all owe Grant Wells an apology. And I need to put some context behind that because what I meant was all offseason, we kept hearing about how bad this man is. He shouldn't be the starter. He can't be ODU. And then he went out and he played well enough to be ODU. So for that particular game, I said, bro, y'all owe this man. Uh, Hey, I'm sorry. That wasn't an extension for the whole season. I have said many times that I'm rolling with whoever the coaches deem to be the QB one. And I even came on our spring game panel and I said, Ali Jennings didn't come here to play with Grant Wells. He came here to play with Kyron Jones. So I have always been pro Kyron Jones, but I was also pro 
Grant Wells because he was QB1. I wanted them to do well because if QB1 does well, the Hokies do well, we win games. That's all I meant by it. I didn't mean like I had an agenda like, oh, man, I went to Marshall. Grant went to Marshall. I hope Grant's the man. Nah, if Kyron Jones is the man, I'm rooting for him. I want to get these wins. And from what I saw from Kyron Jones on Saturday, I think you can't go back, dude. I think he's just got to be the starter. I I agree with that, and I'll get to that in a second. But back to your tweet. I knew what you meant. I, I knew what you meant. Grant had a nice night against ODU, and everyone wants to trash it because it's ODU. Listen, he had his – the two previous times Grant played ODU were the individually the two worst games of those respective seasons. So him settling down and getting that win and scoring four touchdowns, count them four, deserved to be praised and celebrated. And just because he went out and was the same old Grant Wells that we that we all know – doesn't mean you have to crap all over what happened last Saturday night. Okay. He had a good night. We won the game and we were one to know. Okay. So you could, let's separate the two. Then Hokie fans wanting to, to take a victory lap on the fact that now Grant well stinks. Well, none of us want to see that. Like, I don't, I don't know who, who benefits from that happening. So I'm with you. I knew what you meant. And people are just, they're trying to direct their anger about the game on somebody and it's going towards Grant and it's going towards anyone who ever said something nice about Grant a week prior. And that's just the way we live in this Twitter world. And that's okay. We'll move on from it. Do I agree with you that we are done with Grant Wells? I do. I think Chiron Drones has to be the guy for Rutgers. If, if the coaching staff decides to start Grant for Rutgers and we go up there and we lose it all hell is going to break loose. If you start Chiron drones and he struggles or whatever, we happen to lose, maybe we win a close one. People are going to be more forgiving because it's drones first start as a hokey. And so I just, I just don't think you, it's a no win situation to me. Cause I don't think Grant Wells is going to win the game, especially if he's banged up. And if you lose the game with him as the starter, you're now one and two maybe on your way to one and four and you haven't given drones a chance to start a game yet. Yeah. Um, absolutely. I think especially for what Bowen's trying to do. And I, I do think, I think Bowen's route tree and his play calling is great. I think he opens up the medium passes very well. They've all, the pass pro has been good on the line run blocking has been atrocious. We can't yeah. sugarcoat it. What's going but on with that, man? What is going no on idea. with the run game, dude? No idea. But I think drones will alleviate some of that because defenses are crashing inside on our run game because they know Bowen likes to run tooting up the gut on either side of the center. Where Whereas if drones runs the read option, he has a very – nice ability to run the bike. He's a good runner. So I think if he keeps a couple of those and cuts them outside and burns defenses on those, on those outside keeps, that's going to open up the middle maybe a little more. And people are going to respect the whole field for the run game and not just the middle. I'm hoping that will, you know, alleviate some of the issues with the run blocking. But other than that, I, I got no answer for it. Yeah. It's some of it is just the guys we have playing right now are young 
or not very good. I mean, that, that's that's how it is. So it is partially a talent issue up front, but it's also the second straight year we've seen our offensive coordinator not be able to run the ball when he wants to at the beginning of the year. Like they came into this year saying, we want to run, have a run first team. We want to be able to run the football. That's more or less what they said all off season. And it's, it's the second straight time they said that, and we can't do it. We can't do it at all. I mean, we could, we could barely do it against ODU and the holes were so narrow. And the only reason we got yards is because Bashal Tootin's a monster. And now we're in game two. We run for 11 yards. And I don't know if people know this, but Purdue doesn't have a killer defensive line. That one, they play a three, four. And I know the one guy, Kydron Jenkins or whatever, is very good, but he's playing outside linebacker. He was destroying us all day and we could not get a push. We could not make a hole, nothing. It was one of the most pathetic rushing performances I've seen in a long time from Virginia Tech. And I, at least some of that has to fall on Bowen and the scheme. It can't all be the talent. It just can't be. No, I agree. I think they both uh, hold the blame on this. And um, I was listening to uh, the post game yesterday, and uh, he, you know, he owned he owned that pretty well. Um, I think he knows. Uh, I think for what he wants to do, it further proves that Kyron Jones should be QB one. Because yeah. then he's got, you know, at the very least, drones can do it. We don't want him to do it all the time because we want him to preserve his body. But I think he can do enough to get it respect the outside respected, and it'll open it up a little more. And I'm hoping then we can see, you know, what what happens. But that's that's really the only solution or like halfway halfway answer to the problem that I have. When when you look at our offense. And you, you, you they see the comments on Twitter, like drones isn't going to be a, any better. We don't have an offensive line. When Grant has a clean pocket, he can make the throws, whatever. Listen, we are not going to have a clean pocket. We're not going to have a strong run game. So we've seen, we've seen Grant Wells without weapons and with a bad offensive line. We saw it for 11 games last year. It didn't go well. Now without Allie Jennings and potentially Jalen Lane for a little bit of time here, we're right back to where we were last year. And so... I don't want to beat my head against the wall with Grant Wells having one good quarter, one bad quarter, one good throw, one bad throw. I'm tired of it. He's done this for four years. This isn't two year, one, two different offensive lines at Virginia Tech. It's four different offensive lines across four different seasons at Marshall and Tech. The things people complained about with Grant Wells at Marshall are the same things people are complaining about Grant Wells at Virginia Tech. He throws interceptions. He sails the ball. He's a bit of a head case. He practices well, doesn't play in games well. That's Grant Wells. I'm, I'm, I've seen enough. It's 13 games in his tech career. It's another 20 games in his Marshall career. It's, it's time to see what we got in Kyron Jones. If this is a true rebuild anyway, and we've already lost to Purdue, and we've got a couple winnable games on deck, I want to try something that gives me a chance to win. Yeah, I get that for sure. Um, I think, to his credit, I thought that he stood in the pocket better this year and delivered while he was still in um he delivered some good ones but i think uh it was just drone? too few right yeah i mean yeah yeah it got and if and if he's hurt then it's definitely a wrap you know what i'm saying like right yeah, he's he's only okay there. when he's fully healthy and so if he's if he's banged up at all that's a perfect excuse for for pry to move on without hurting grant's feelings it's like dude you're hurt and and i know i know pry 
he always says he's not afraid of the tough conversations. He must've said that about a hundred times in the off season. Well, it's time to have them, man. And I know you probably like Grant and you don't want to rock the boat. Cause as soon as you pull the ripcord on, on, on change in QB one, it's, it's a big deal, but I think, I think we're at the point. Yeah, for sure. I also want to see Quan Felden get more involved. I think he's great and he's going to have to be our, our biggest option. Uh, Benji Gosnell has been exactly what we heard he was, which is awesome. I think that kid's good. Yeah, he's uh, I think Lofton has improved a lot since last year. Um, the opportunities he's had, I thought, you know, last year he had some real bad drops. But this year, I mean, last week against ODU, he, he caught some good ones. Um, and he didn't get much of a chance yesterday to really get in the mix. But I can tell that he has improved. Uh, you know, Stephen Gosnell has been solid both games. When they call his number, he usually produces, which is awesome. You know, we saw Aiden Green get in the mix a little bit. Like to see maybe him get the ball. I want to see Bradshaw though. I want to see him on some go routes. I've heard about the speed. I would like to take some shots, you know, in the deep ball. So maybe uh, they'll start working him into the mix with all these receivers banged up. It's really hard to tell what's going to happen. To be honest, what are your thoughts on the receivers? Well, you make a your ultimate point there. I think is despite the loss of Jennings and potentially Lane for an extended period of time. There are still options on this team for, for Grant, for Kyron Jones, whoever they're going to make the starter going forward. The Gosnell brothers are good. All right. They are, if nothing else, they're both two guys that can give you possession receiver type abilities. And then Daquan has big playability. Felton potentially, I worry, Felton hasn't been particularly open. I mean, he, he's tall and so he can grab balls out of the air, but like, I haven't seen him like getting a lot of separation and that, I want to see that change because he is an explosive athlete, but I'm still waiting. You know, he's only got what two, one, two or one catches on the year. Yeah. Well, one catch in the first game. And so there are guys though. And Tootin and Malachi are good players. Tootin, we saw his receiving ability out of the backfield, getting a touchdown. So there's enough there, even though it's devastating to have (laughs) play the first 10 minutes of that game and watch Ellie Jennings go down. And then lane starts balling out. And then he goes down I still think there's enough there, even if those guys can't go for drones and and or wells to make it competitive for us. It's not all is lost. There is still talent because of what we did in the offseason. Bringing in Bayshaw Tootin was huge. And I still think we're going to see something from the improved Gus Nell and Benji and Wright and Felton. So I'm with you on that. And it gives me some hope going forward still that we have all those guys. Yeah, that's a fact. You know, after the game yesterday, yeah, I was obviously I was disappointed that we lost and I was upset and I was mad. I wasn't like overreacting or anything, but it was like the more like I was driving back today, I was started to like replay the game in my head. And I started to do like the Alonzo morning gift. You know what I'm saying? And I was yes. like, you know what? Like there's still quite a bit of positive take from what we saw. It's not like, you know, Purdue did win the big 10 West last year, even though it's not a great division. Um, they got a great quarterback coming in the offseason. I think, um, you know, they had – I don't think they had roster issues like we had, which put pride behind the eight ball last year from the beginning. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, it was definitely a winnable game. 
But I think I would have been more worried if they went up seventeen nothing and then just proceeded to beat our ass. Yeah. Like, but like last year, like the teams, I'm not even going to use the G word because they got ruined for me. But like they're they're tough, man. Like they they fight. Like they're scrappy, and I like it. Yeah, I two things that bothered me other than the offensive line and the run game because that was that's obvious. Everyone's been saying that all, all for 24 hours now, but. The focus at the beginning of the game, we didn't look like we were ready to play at the start. And when they restarted, we also didn't look ready to play. I don't know what that was about. What woke us up a little bit was when we got that fourth down stop. I still don't know why Walters went for that. They were in complete control and he let us back in the door by going for that fourth down, which we stopped him on. But that focus at the beginning of the game, I don't know where we were at, man, mentally, because we couldn't tackle. We let them go right down the field. So that was a problem. And then just the tackling in general throughout the game. Maccabee was, God, that guy runs hard. And he's not even that big, but he's just like, his body was just moving in every goddamn direction every time he went through the line and we couldn't bring him down. So that was frustrating. Those two things concerned me. And I, if if we don't come out more ready to play, especially in a home game, that's going to be a problem. And you don't, we haven't seen too much of that in, in the prior era. So it's pro- hopefully it's just a one-off. But Going forward, I, I guess we should talk a little bit about next week's game. If, if you're all wrapped up here, did you have final thoughts on the Purdue game? Yeah, uh, actually, Marv talked about that last night. He said that you know they have to do a way better job with the mentality and having like setting the tone. Like he said, from the not only from practice, but from the time they walk off that bus to do the hokey walk, mm-hmm. their mentality basically needs to be like locked in, focused, ready to do their job, and like handle business on the field he said they didn't do a good job of that at all he said that's something they really need to work on is is you know you know having that mental edge being focused and being ready to go from the first snap so big deficits like that don't occur yeah yeah for sure and and let's uh let's hope they practice what they preach there yep Uh, let's hope because they're gonna have to Especially with people hurt, they're gonna have to dig deep. Yeah, man. But Rutgers, man, Piscataway, New Jersey, that shit ain't scaring nobody. <laughs> it looked nah. like it was rocking last night. I was home, so I, I had caught a lot of the games, and I had, you know, I'm local in Philly area, so I had the Temple Rutgers game on, and it was tight. I mean, Temple was hanging with them. I actually really liked the Temple head coach, and it looked like they were gonna give Rutgers a run for their money. Rutgers was able to separate late. Now, keep in mind, they were at home. I think it was a blackout game for Rutgers. So the kids were fired up. They've been drinking all day, night game, all that. Rutgers put up 20-some in the fourth quarter. Good for them. They beat Temple. Temple's not good. So what are we going to see out of Rutgers? I worry about the Shiano defense because I think that D-line for Rutgers is is better than the, the first two we've faced this year. Yeah, I think their defense is respectable most definitely uh their their quarterback seems to be either wildly inaccurate from looking at his box score or he's you know he just the receivers are dropped i don't know what they're doing but he's only going like 10 for 21 for that not even breaking 200 yards passing uh their run game doesn't seem i mean it seems to be all right 
Yeah. I think it spreads out a little bit. It's not one guy that's really, you know, running all over the place. But it's hard to tell because, like you said, they play Temple, which, you know, Temple, they're not the best team. Uh, I do like their coach as well. But the week before that, they played Northwestern, who is in the midst of right. something insane between, you know, I mean, they just lost their coach. They and, and Rutgers thumped them, but like Northwestern could be real, real bad. I mean, they, they yeah, went out absolutely. and they beat UTEP this this week at home. And the first it was the first home game for Northwestern since the whole Fitzgerald thing. So I'm sure they were rallying around that. And they they gave UTEP uh a good beat down, but like Northwestern's not good. So yes, Rutgers is two and oh. They beat Northwestern, they beat Temple. Neither of those teams are very good. It's the old ain't ain't played nobody, Powell. So what are we gonna get? Yes, Rutgers has a run game, but unlike Purdue, we we can sell out against the run against Rutgers. We could not afford to sell out against the run against Purdue because Hart Card would have tore us up. But against Rutgers, Wimsat, he was a kid that was a good recruit, but got forced to play early last year because they had nobody else. He wasn't good. So now he's back and he's still not very good. Okay, and Rutgers doesn't have the skill talent on the outside to really scare us. So I think you got to shut down this run and make this kid beat us. Like that, that is that is the, the simple strategy for this game. And let the the D line and the linebackers, you know, kind of show something after what they just put us through this past Saturday. Yeah, I agree. You have to sell out on stopping the run because I have full confidence. And, you know, Dorian, Delane, Canteen. Yeah, put them on Drummond, All of them. I, even Braylon Johnson. I have full faith like in RDBs to, to hang with their receivers. It's the run game. You don't want them to be able to pick up those those drive sustainers. Dude, just shut it down. Make, yeah. him, make him beat us with his arm, which look at that. What he's done with the last two games hasn't been impressive. No, and and that's that's what it's going to be because I do think their D line is going to wreck some shop on us, and that's all the more reason to me you're going to have to you're going to have to scheme something up for Chiron or, or Grant because they're going to be all up in our backfield. So you got to figure out a game plan that allows us to either get the ball out quick or or do some creative stuff in the run game because. We got to throw Rutgers for a loop because they're going to be all over us. If if Purdue could get the kind of disruption on our offensive line with a three man front for the most part, I don't. It could be ugly. So we're we're going to have to. But this is a test for Bowen, man. This is a real test because we got to see something better than we saw last week. Yeah, that's a fact. I think you just got to come out and try to step on their neck right away. Uh, I do think I do think Kyron Jones, by the time this pod comes out, I think he will be the starting quarterback, for, at least for the week. Um, <laughs> you think they'll think they'll make the announcement this early? Uh, well, they usually put the death chart out on Monday, right? So, I'm, I mean, mm-hmm. I don't. I don't know. I feel like there's going to be some inkling of news coming out about injuries that or injuries that will – that will put that you know you read the tea leaves at that point. Um, I put. It, I, I want to just say this. I put this out 
earlier and we talked a little bit about it. Me and Mike McDaniel over the summer talked a little bit about it. The similarities between, you know, the, the Ryan Willis, Hendon Hooker and Grant Wells and Chiron drones. And it's a similar in a lot of ways. You got the starter who not everybody loves. You got the backup who everyone wants to see the more athletic guy, uh, the guy who's a better runner. And we're in this situation now where like, would starting drones give the team the same lift? I'm not saying he'd play like Hooker, but would just starting him give the team a lift? And the funny thing about that announcement was, do you remember who broke this? The who was starting when Hooker was doing it? It was it was Trey Turner who like said it on Instagram. He's like, my guy's getting the start or something like that. And that's how we all found out the day of the game. Yeah, <laughs> I, I do remember that. Um, I feel like. I feel like KD, Kyron Jones, I feel like he's a great locker room dude. I feel like the locker room loves this man. I think so you're right. it, it might actually give them, you know, up an upliftment. Like, they might uplift the team. Um, and that's not a knock on Grant. I'm sure, like, I don't think they dislike him. I just think, you know, Grant is a little – older than a couple guys or than people on the team. Uh, he's married. It doesn't have anything to do with anything, but I mean, he has a life. Like he legitimately like he's, he he's very wife, Christian. He life. probably doesn't party very much. Like there. Yeah. yeah. I, I, which doesn't affect his ability to play quarterback. It doesn't. I just, as far as the locker room goes, I'm sure Kate, Kyron drones. Like I, I'm sure he's just with the, with the dudes more. I would imagine he engages with the guys a little bit more, I would imagine, but, and that's all auxiliary stuff, but it, it does go back to the point that we're trying to make is that in college football, you're always looking for ways to motivate because these kids, 18 to 22 year olds, you never know what you're going to get out of them on Saturday and little things like changing the starting quarterback to a guy. Most of them like can make a big difference. And it made a big difference when we went down to Miami and our team was dead in the water. We showed up in Miami and it was a different team because we started Hendon Hooker. And so I would like to see something like that when we're up in New Jersey next weekend and I'm sitting in the stands. Oh, yeah, you're going, huh? Yeah, man. Me and um, my, my family, some my family's coming up. Clark's coming up. The sons are coming <laughs> up. Billy and Pat are going to be there. It's going to be it's going to be a hell of a good time. Tailgate and Silverlot. OK, yeah. All right, then. Have, I feel like we're going to have good representation. Oh, dude. I think in the group we're sitting with, it's like 300 Hokies. And that's just that's just one. That was just the Suns ticket sales. Like, that was just their group. Like, that doesn't even include, you know, a lot of other Philadelphia and, and South Jersey Hokies. North Jersey Hokies. New York Hokies. There's tons of them. Yeah, a ton. Um, yeah, man, I... Back to your point, though, like, like it really can't. Like a QB change can really make a team go crazy. And my, I'll never forget it. It was like 2009, 2010 as a Broncos fan. We were starting Kyle Orton. And we were losing to Miami, who was bad. And it was just abysmal. And all of a sudden, they put Tim Tebow in the game. And for some reason, this team, you remember Tebow, mate? Like, the Tebow magic, dude. Like, oh, that run was insane. And that was just. Because they like were like, you know what? No matter what the score is, it doesn't matter because he's going to win this game in the end. And they bought in. And I yeah. I'm, I think that, you know, if Drones is named the starter, that 
I'm not saying the team's not bought in now, but I think maybe, I don't know, it might be a little, the camaraderie might be a little different. I don't know. I'm I, just saying, this is, for people listening, this is not an agenda for you to clip and run with it on your anti-grant bullshit. This is just us saying that maybe, you know, a, a switch might might give us a little morale boost to, to go out there and get a W on Saturday because we've, we've seen it happen before and we're just speculating. It's just two dudes sitting in their basements talking on a Sunday night here. This is not, this is not, not any uh, <laughs> great insights. It's just talking football. And that's, you're right. I mean, we're, we're, we both, we want the Hokies to be good and we're looking for a little bit of a spark. And last year I thought maybe we should have given Jason Brown a shot in the Liberty game because, for these very same reasons. It has nothing to do with Chiron and how highly recruited he was. It just has to do with trying to give the team a lift. Turns out we started Grant. We won the Liberty game anyway, because they they had changed the scheme up just enough and Marv called a good game on defense and, and yada, yada, yada. It's a little bit of a different situation now. Grant Grant's ankle didn't look so good. Uh, we're down a couple of receivers. We got a four-star sitting there who's clearly athletic, clearly a truck of a human being, taking that guy out on the sideline. And... I think it could give the team a lift, and I want to see it. That's that's what I want to see. Yeah, I mean, despite him going two for seven, I mean, there's new like there's got to be some context there. Like obviously, yeah, like absolutely. I said at the beginning, they knew he was going to throw the ball because it was a two minute drill. They weren't going to run the ball. Um, I thought he saw the field really well. I thought, you know, there was some good touch on some of those passes. They just didn't end up getting complete. And like the last couple were just him like trying make magic happen so mm-hmm. i think you know i'd like to see it from snap one where there's no like imminent pressure to oh you, you mean that sitting for like eight hours isn't good for a backup quarterback <laughs> right man coming in with two minutes left i mean that was an impossible situation but he made some plays and some plays that just showed me in a very small sample size like mentally, like he was in that game. He was ready to come in and throw a couple passes and put a hit on somebody, and he wasn't afraid of it. Nope, he was not. And I I mean, there for a second, I thought, hey, this might happen. <laughs> I was hoping so, man. I was hoping so. You know who was really good in the Purdue game? Just I was just looking at this sheet. Peter Moore. How about that man's punting the football? <laughs> oh, yeah, dude. He had like two that were like oh my god that wasn't very good and then he got the then they bounced into a very good position yeah um, four punts over 50 yards in the game yeah he he got a leg on him our kickoff specialist low get talk about confusing kickers love kickoff specialists is low yeah uh, but i thought they, it was the same I mean, guy for a while <laughs> But he's got a hell of a leg on him, too, and they have a hell of a return game, so I'm glad we didn't really give them an opportunity to, to they do, do that. Have, yeah, Tracy's a good return man, and yeah. so is Sheffield. You're right. So that was a smart you know, smart thing to do is not let them have any magic happen. And shout-out Tootin because he had that one he picked up in the end zone, and I was like, don't run it out! And then he ended up getting 35 yards. So. Yeah. <laughs> But what do yeah, you man. how so let's just let's go here hypothetical we start drones against Rutgers. how are you feeling once you hear that announcement come down he's going to be qb1 how do you feel about us winning that game i still feel good about it 
if Grant's too hurt to finish last game, then I don't want to see him. Like, for his own sake, like, from a personal standpoint, I don't want to see him trot out there on that field and lose. Yeah. Because he's already had – I mean, the man gets it bad. I would just – if you start Kyron Jones, I feel good about our chances to win. But if the unfortunate circumstance would occur where we lost – I still feel like it's a renewed thing. Like it, like the leash is long for him because yeah. it's like, oh, you know, hadn't played much football. You know, he's we. It's the future, but it depends on how it looks. But I'm with you, and that's exactly what I was saying earlier. Is that the fans are going to be more forgiving if you start drones and he struggles a bit. You know that they just are because he's still young. He's not in his fourth or fifth year of college starting his 40th game or whatever grants on 35 games it's start number one and he's a four star and there's hope there and so fans would be more forgiving and i just i'm wonder i feel like it's going to go right up to game time until they make the announcement or the day before i i'd be surprised if it comes out early in the week but hey uh, we'll see no i agree with you there i don't i really don't think like we'll hear an official thing Early in the week, I just think that, but they should tell him early in the week. Like he needs yes. to know by by you know ASAP if he's going to be starting. Shit, he might already know. We don't know. You know? <laughs> yeah, for um, but yeah, I think that you know, as Hokey fans that follow it very closely, I feel like Rutgers might not know, but I feel like there's going to be enough information out there that you can kind of guess. Like it's trending this way. Like he's probably gonna, because you know, like they're gonna be at practice, and you know, David Cunningham, Andy Bitter, they're gonna be tweeting. So it's like you'll be able to somewhat know, but you yeah, won't officially you, know. You would think you would think there would be enough to pick up on in 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 reps and things like that to to know. But uh, yeah, like yeah. I saw Jalen Lane hobble out of the game, clutching the back of his leg. So I knew. <laughs> hey man, he's not coming back because he just hurt his hammy. Uh-huh. Like it's just, it's just shit. But yeah, man, I I still feel good. I mean, did you have? Let me ask you this: Did you have fun yesterday, dude? I had a great time. Like the tailgate was good. Like uh, we had a great. Like it was just like all the hokey fans were in great spirits, even with us being like stuck in the court, like the the concourses of Lane Stadium, like. It was a like, great time. All the concessions did shut down, but Benny's stayed open and was <laughs> handing out free pizza to people that couldn't get concessions. So shout out to Benny's, the sponsor of this podcast, downtown Blacksburg. Go get you a slice, man. Uh, everybody Tuesdays? went downtown. Huh? Terradome Tuesdays? <laughs> Terradome Tuesdays, 50 cent off a slice, 5 p.m. to 2 a.m. Just say that Dan sent you. I like, yeah, but that, and you know, Billy echoed the same thing to me. Uh, I was chatting with him last night, and he's like, "It was a long day, but it was a really fun day." Like they said, he had a really a good time. It showed some of the resilience of the team, some of the resilience of Hokie Nation, and the fans willing to just do anything to watch some football. I felt bad for the fans who had to cut out or had work or had kids and stuff, but I still think a lot of people managed to have a, a fun, unique day of tech football. Yeah, I think Riley had to leave early because she had to go work the desk at at the news station. 
Like, I think she had to do the 6 p.m. news or something. Um, <laughs> That's like, tough. That's tough. I did see pictures of Billy and Pat, though, and it looked like they were not wearing orange, and I think that goes with their wear maroon agenda. <laughs> oh, I think I asked him about that. I was like, look like you guys had red shirts on. Look pink. Yeah, and he's like, yeah, yeah, it was kind of a salmon because it was like an orange shirt, but it was striped. And so, like, when it was, when you saw a picture of it, it looked like when it was wet, especially, it looked red or salmon or whatever, but it was just kind of funny. Ah, so they escaped on technicalities. <laughs> oh, there's a technicality. Yeah. Oh, man. All right. I'll let it slide. <laughs> but now nah, I thought, the, you know, everybody showed up. You know, everybody was oranged out. Tally came to the game. He's a very massive proponent on the orange agenda. So yeah. I'm glad he. I mean, I know he chose the game on purpose, but did you see drift uh, at all? Yeah, I did run into drift. I ran into drift at PKs. He ran <laughs> nice. In. Yeah, he he was having to, he had a good time despite everything. So I mean, I did see a lot of people lost a lot of money because all of their um, canopy frames were all bent up. Like it oh, looked like, shoot. A, yeah, it looked like a not necessarily a war zone out there, but it was. When we came back to park, it was it was crazy to see everything left. It's like behind. a hurricane came through. Yeah, man, it was it was nuts, dude. Blacksburg, I saw some people walking down the sidewalk, and a truck went by and sprayed them with water. And I was like, man, <laughs> their day couldn't get any worse right now. But so, did you change? Like, did you like have a change change of clothes in the car or something? Like, how were people like getting dry? Dude, I dried out because I sat at PKs. So as my clothes dried out, I I did not dry out. I just kept <laughs> it coming, double bourbons. Um, but no, it was yeah. I didn't have a change with the clothes with me, and I had left my poncho in the truck because I was like, I'm not gonna need it. And all my stuff was in Salem because I was staying with some friends. So I just like thugged it out, dude. I almost was like, if we're doing this at night and this temperature drops, I might have to stop by Campus Emporium or Alumni <laughs> Hall and grab a hoodie. But yeah. luckily, the temperature didn't drop too crazy. Ended up being pretty comfortable. Also, shout out to my Nikes. My feet did not get soaked. So I was not in that predicament of having to wear wet socks, wet shoes That's the whole the time. That's the worst. Yeah, you don't want that. Yeah. So, yeah, it was kind of like the Forrest Gump. It was all sorts of kinds of rain. Um were, was there? Were you guys watching any other games while you're out? That's a that's the last thing I guess we can cover, and then we'll we can cut it off. But we're you you mentioned the UVA game earlier. You caught some of that. Yeah, uh, UVA was up bit or not UVA. JMU was up big when I was in the concourse. For some reason, my phone worked when I was jam packed in like twenty thousand people. So I was getting all the scores and everything. But we got the we got the PKs. UVA went up. And then it got delayed for a while because they got the same storm that we were experiencing. And then the game came back, and I cut it on YouTube TV on my phone because it was no longer on the screens at PKs. And I saw JMU hit the wheel route to take the lead. And I just started going crazy because I was like, UVA is going to experience the pain that we felt so many years ago. But, yeah, I got to see some games that were on – Um saw Colorado just decimate Nebraska. Yeah, Nebraska's sorry. And and Colorado, yeah. I mean, Colorado just has like four or five ridiculous weapons on their offense. Yeah, and I think Matt Rule knew they were going to be bad because before the Minnesota game in week, 
one or week zero. Week zero, he was just like, yeah, I just hope we go out there and have some fun today. And I was like, oh, so you guys are going to be some ass. I got it. Because <laughs> no coach says that unless they know their team is going to be dog shit. And, and they got – they got a guy, Jeff Sims, who's just – he's a running back playing quarterback. I mean, it. I'm so glad we didn't go out and get Jeff Sims. There was a lot of a lot of hokey nation when we were looking at portal QBs that would be like, oh, man, Jeff Sims, he's he's a good athlete. I'm so glad we didn't go after that guy. Yeah, and then Jerk uh, is mad that people boo him for playing bad. <laughs> <It's> <laughs> grow, that, he said that, you know, like grown men booing, they got to – you know, they got to take a look at their lives. That's pathetic or whatever. It's like – Dude, grow up. <laughs> you know, if you, you yeah. play sports. Like, everyone right. gets booed. Fans boo. That is a tale as old as time. Grow up. Yeah, people did not spend their Saturday, all their money and all their time to bring their family out there to watch you stink it up. And they're yeah. going to voice their opinion. Yeah, it's that's all it is. And he was horrible. I mean, Jerk was horrible. Yep. And it doesn't help that you have the head coach that he has. You know what I'm saying? Like people are looking for any reason to boo them out the building. So yeah, it's not working out. I thought maybe him getting reunited with Signetti would would be a good move for for Jerkovic, and uh, it's it's not pretty in Pittsburgh. And and Cincinnati handed it to him. I mean they they that was that was a loss for the ACC. Miami got a big win against AM, so that was nice. Uh, and man, at one week after taking care of South Carolina, UNC had all they could handle from App State, as usual. Yeah, it had Mac Brown saying he's glad they don't play him anymore. <laughs> we know and that feeling. Stanford was a doormat for USC. Yeah, I thought I thought Stanford might cover in that game, and and USC in the first half just uh, slapped me around. And <laughs> Caleb Williams went off, and they were it was over at, in like the second quarter of that game. Who did UGA play? Because I I lost that pick them because they. Oh, they it was half a point. Yeah, they yeah, they won by forty two. The spread was forty two and a half. It was uh, yeah. someone crappy. I can't remember. The cover with the field goal. Also, for what it's worth, Old Dominion beat the hell out of Louisiana. Uh, and Grant Wilson did look pretty good. So I think I think ODU is solid. I I know we are biased because we beat them and we struggled for a little while with them. But what I saw from Wilson, he was he played tough, and that team was a complete overhaul. It was as close to Colorado in terms of the amount of guys as about you can get in FBS. They had 58 new players on that roster. And so no one knew what ODU was going to be like. I think they're going to be solid. Yep, and I guess that, that will bring lots of tears for Hokie fans that were hoping that Ricky Ronnie would get fired and Pry would – move mountains to hire him as offensive coordinator. Yeah. I don't know if I want Ricky Ronnie on our sidelines. It's not like he hasn't had a whole lot of success at ODU other than beating us. <laughs> yep. I agree. It uh, was ball state versus Georgia, by the way. Yeah. Ball state field goal covered. What the hell? It's not but, even a state. No. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But man, you know, despite the loss, I, I, I'm still optimistic. The whole goal this year for me, my expectation, was just make a bowl game. So, still got plenty of chances to win. We five got an games. opportunity, but I am. We remember when we went on the boundary corner and we're talking about uh, what's our record going to be in September, and 
Some people are like, ah, four and one, three and two, whatever. At this point, man, I'm I'm scared. Like I'm a little scared because Marshall ain't gonna be easy. And Rutgers, I think, is gonna be a little bit of a slobber knocker. Uh, and then we got Pitt and FSU. So like I I'm a little scared about what this season could start off as if we don't win at Rutgers. Yeah. Marshall, they still can't throw the ball, but if we don't fix that run defense, how they did they beat ECU yesterday? They beat yeah, yeah, yeah. That's always a big game for them because that's the that's the plane crash memorial game because that's the team they were flying back from. Gotcha. Um, But they still can't throw the ball. But if we if we don't stop, if we don't fix this run defense, Rasheen Ali going to tear us up. Yeah, because he's really good. But I mean, if you if you gut it out versus Rutgers and Marshall and you go into you go into Pitt three and one at home, you know, Pitt, I mean, obviously jerk gets gets rattled. I mean, they might not be good at all. Like Pitt really right. might not be very good at all. So I, FSU for all intents and purposes is gonna whoop our ass. Oh but, my god. Jared Verse is gonna just destroy. I mean it's gonna be it's gonna be painful to watch. But it's about what we do before then. And I think yep. Rutgers and their run game, depending, even regardless of what happens, will be a good precursor to playing Marshall because they've got a good run game. And so if nothing else versus Rutgers, get a taste for what you might see the following week. And maybe you can pull them both off. I don't know. They're just completely different offenses than the two we faced. And so I, I'm interested to see how we how we do against those run first offenses. Yeah. Me as well. I definitely think they're going to be selling out against the run the next two weeks. Yeah. Because they should. Because they should. Yes, sir. Well, Pete, man, I do appreciate you taking the time out of your day to relive yesterday with yeah, me. I wanted to hear about it, so I'm I'm glad you had fun, and uh, I'm sorry about the loss, but, uh, you know, you're no worse for the wear. We'll see what happens this week. Yeah, I mean the parking lot vibes are always going to be immaculate. Mm-hmm. So, mm-hmm. but yeah, man, let's. I guess uh, we are at a critical point in our journey. I guess there's there's two directions to go, and I guess we'll see which one we choose. I didn't think we'd be here after week two, but we kind of are. Yeah. Well, I think injuries kind of yep sped that up. Yep. But I'm I'm interested to see which way it goes and I'm going to be painfully optimistic either way. Yeah. I'm, I mean, that's, that's how I roll too. So we'll, we'll see. I mean, yeah, I'm going to complain about the offense, but I'm still going to be optimistic <laughs> at the end of the day. Right. Um, I'm still going to, you know, support these dudes, these coaches. I'm going to support everything about it because we love them. And no matter what, we're never going to not love them. Go Hokies, man. Go Hokies. Go, go Hokies.